Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations, go online to royalpizza.ca or download the app from the Royal Pizza App Store. Stop for recommendations of Mediterranean chicken. Uh, kind enough to join us on Friday, and it was supposed to be with Brendan, but we're pushed back a bit on the Oilers front. We'll wait and see what happens as uh, the day progresses. Edmonton now up to three players in COVID protocol. Ryan Nugent Hopkins placed on the protocol list today, along with Ryan McLeod and Devin Shore. Of course, Oilers head coach Dave Tippett on the COVID protocol list as well. Uh, a man that uh, works in New York but is not there right now. He uh, works for both the NHL Network and ESPN. Longtime NHL goaltender, now analyst Kevin Weeks joins us, courtesy of our friends at Canadian Power Pack. Uh, Canadian Power Pack. And uh, he is our Wilhawk beef jerky headliner. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Kevin, how you doing? Um, great stuff. How you doing, man? Hope everybody's doing well too. Uh, we're we're okay. We're just uh, pushed back a little bit today because we're awaiting results, and that's become a, a new catchphrase in the hockey world right now. Crazy times, isn't it? Crazy times. I just actually spoke. We're doing the game for ESPN Plus today with uh, with Anaheim here and Anaheim hosting the Arizona Coyotes. I just spoke to both head coaches and Tournier from the uh, from the Coyotes and. Dallas Eakins from Anaheim, and they're both saying the same thing. A lot of it is just wait and see. It's just pretty much so much of it is is beyond our immediate control, and I'm sure it's the same thing for a lot of the fans in Alberta and a lot of people in general. There's just so many unknowns, so specific to test test results, testing, and things of that nature. But I think what's important to point out, because I actually just broke on, on Twitter, the fact that the Avalanche, the Panthers, and the Flames games are suspended right. and postponed, I should say, through the Christmas holiday break. And I think something that's important to remember for a lot of the listeners is that, I mean, almost just shy of 100% of the league have been vaccinated, chosen to be, because it is a personal health choice. We always have to qualify that. But they've all been vaccinated, uh, fully vaxxed in most cases, in almost every case. And they followed all the protocols. There have been a ton of protocols. You know that because you had the bubble up there in Edmonton. So everybody knows you had the bubbles around World Junior. So it's certainly not for it's not for the players and the staff and the arena staff and team staff being uh, being lax in that area. They've all been very dedicated. They've done everything they can do. It's just it's a difficult time for everybody right now. Yeah, highly transmissible Omicron uh, variant. Uh, just on the Calgary Flames, they're just uh, Brad Trilliving is speaking right now. Doctor Ian Ald. Uh, Flames medical director says overwhelmingly cases have been asymptomatic or mildly symptomatic with the team. Says a few cases have been moderately symptomatic. So it doesn't sound like a, a, a lot of guys have been really sick from this. Um, and I know the. I mean, it, I, I'm going to tell you right now. I know the. You know, you may barely register in terms of having a positive case, but that's just the reality of the situation. Even if you're feeling asymptomatic, let me ask you this: During your playing days, mm-hmm. how many times mm-hmm. did you play through illness where you were sick? 
all the time. I mean, since minor hockey, I think. Yeah. I think if I can remember correctly, I remember we had the, the big North Bay tournament up in North Bay, northern Ontario there. It was a big one sponsored by McDonald's. That was a huge tournament in the day, and Sudbury Big Nickel tournament up there too. And I remember that several times, actually. And then, of course, through your Tier 2 uh, and then into the O and, yeah, into the minors, of course. So pretty much every time. I know where you're going with it, too, stuff. And, I, I mean, I know that's, that's part of the conundrum here, and that's why I wanted to qualify that because almost every person that I've talked to around the league, be it a coach, player, trainer, medical professional, you name it, almost everybody's been asymptomatic, as you just pointed out. So... Yeah. If you're contained within your team environment and you're asymptomatic uh, and, and everybody in the majority of the buildings around the league is vaccinated coming into the buildings, right? well, then we, we've got to be able to – there has to be some mechanism in common sense. Yeah. Yes, and some mechanism and some consistency in common sense. Like, to me, the fact that Montreal and Philly had no fans in Montreal yesterday, but yet still there were a ton of, you know, and good because you want to see local businesses thriving, but – you had people at movie theaters and restaurants and everything else, as they should be. But then at the Bell Center, it was completely empty, even though the, all of the fans and the attendees that would be there typically are fully vaccinated. So to are the, the players and the staff and the team. So at some point, we've got to draw and create a linear relationship between consistency and common sense and fact and science. And it just can't always be this kind of blowing windsock in the wind because it's been that for far too often. And again, the qualifier is... You have a high percentage of the... I mean, 61% of the United States is vaccinated, fully yep. vaccinated. 61% fully vaccinated in the U.S. Canada is closing in on 77% fully vaccinated in Canada. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the players, it's my, I, I think the only one is Tyler Bertuzzi of Detroit. He's yeah, the Tyler only one that I know of that is not fully vaccinated. So, uh, and that's it, out of 750 plus players, plus all the guys, stock, to your point that are coming up from the American League and stuff yeah. on recalls and emergency recalls and stuff. So you're probably up north of 800 players, plus every staff member, coach, assistant coach, training staff, medical, equipment, support, front office. So to your point, man, everybody's been hyper-diligent. But, you know, one thing, and I've seen this in Alberta too, where you certainly want to put people's health first, of course. That's always most important, and you got to qualify that too. But... Also, you, you, it can't be an irreparable cost to all areas of life for people, business, family, funerals, you know, baby births, um, you know, graduations and everything else, but let alone businesses, companies, people's retirement. And, you know, this, this cost is now starting to get way out of control all the way around, and it's unfortunate. So that's what I'm saying. I hope there is some factual linear relationship that gets created here in a framework, as you said, like a mechanism whereby we can do everything we can to maximize people's safety and, and health and at the same time continue to have, you know, a, a normal functional life so that people don't start bearing the cost even more than they already have in other areas of life. I, uh, I, was, asking, I was asking about illnesses playing up, uh, and, and people may find this kind of humorous, but uh, sure. su- suffice to say, on my, when I played for the Strathcona Warriors, our Bantam AA team, we weren't very good because I was like the third or fourth best player on the team. We had a couple guys play major junior off that team. Uh, sure. But I remember I, I had problems with strep throat from the ages of 11 mm-hmm. to 15, okay? And I would get mm-hmm. it. And I remember the, a couple of the dads were like, you know, you're an absolute dog out there. And, I, like, <laughs> and, and man, I was sick. And, and looking back yeah. at it, 
probably shouldn't have been playing, but you just didn't know any better. 35, 40, you're sure. just going and playing. That's all there was to it. Of course. Right? Of like, course. And, yeah. and, you know, they weren't wrong. I was a dog at the best of times. So I, but I just, <laughs> I just, I just think now, like, now, now we have a situation where asymptomatic players who are barely registering on the positive side of the ledger, they, you know, maybe they're positive for a day or two. And the way the standard's been put in place, they can't play for a week to 10 days. It just, and we see the National Football League move into a different, they've already abridged it, between, right? They're going to a different model. Yep. They're going to be, now, they have more urgency because they're closing in on their playoffs. And I just sure. wonder if it's a 16 game schedule instead of 82, but yes, but good point. And all the games in the States. There's the other. And I just wonder if that's going to be the qualifier that holds back the NHL from being able to amend on the fly here. What do you think? It's been a challenge. You know, I always say, and I always say, you know, and I'm glad, I'm proud of growing up in Canada. My parents emigrated there. You know, it's it's, very fortunate to have a foot in two, really three, if you count Barbados, but two unbelievable countries personally and professionally between back home in Canada and now at home in the United States, it's almost split equally for me in terms of time over the years. But the reality is, is at some point in time, we have to look at ourselves as Canadians and as a Canadian country, and we have to realize that, listen, we want to do everything we can local for sure, uh, regional, provincial, and across the country for all of our people. Number one, but number one, A, is it's becoming a bit of a global economy, too. And we have to look at ourselves within the global con- global context, the global footprint, and what we bring to the table as skilled, talented Canadian people and gifted and, you know, qualified and world-class Canadian people in different sectors. So whether that's energy there, whether it's tech, whether it's innovation, whether it's, uh, you know, hospitality, whether it's manufacturing, you know, blue-collar, white-collar, business, banking, any of these different things, and, of course, sports. And we, we've got to start looking at ourselves in, in a big picture. Manchester United, of course, it's Manchester, it's UK. But they see themselves, Man City, Paris Saint-Germain, all the big clubs, they see themselves local for their fans and their people and their citizens and the people, but they see themselves within a global framework. And the challenge I have with us at home is it's a lot of, us, only us, we, us, her, us, neighborhood, and we don't really see ourselves big. And you have to try to be a solution. I always say be a solution instead of being a needless problem. And unfortunately, sometimes we're a little extra sticky at home, and there's a lot of over-legislature. And with that, and that's not always based on fact either, and with that, that signals to people that, hey, I guess they're not ready. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's hard to do business there. So we want to continue to, you look at the, the Oilers as an example stuff, they cracked the billion dollar value, U.S. dollar valuation. They're in, they're in the Forbes list in the top ten right now. Top seven in the league. Yes, one point one billion seven in the league, right? And and now that's and think as we talk about on your show, think of all the players that have played, all the staff over the years, coaches, you name it, Glenn Fader, everybody else, all the Hall of Famers. But that's an amazing milestone, and that's a testament to to the Oilers ownership group and Daryl, who you know very well and have a great relationship with. But him and the ownership group and their commitment to investing in Edmonton and investing in the downtown core and investing in the city and, and, you know, the new building, the new urban redevelopment and everything. But that's now put them in a position where on a global level, you now are now on the stage. And people are saying, oh, my gosh, that week in Edmonton, oh, my God, the arena is amazing. Have you been there? Everybody I talk to, everybody's saying that. And now you're a global player with two amazing global players, two of the best players, not only in our league, 
and Connor and Leon, but two of the best players in the world of professional sports. So eyeballs are on Edmonton now. And, you know, that's got to be augmented not only by the amazing fans and also the corporate support, but it also has to be augmented at the, la- the level, rather, of legislation and legislature to be able to say, hey, let's try to be a solution for hockey. Let's be a solution for sports. Let's be a solution for the National Hockey League and the world of pro sports and, and other sectors because we do have a lot of talented people at home beyond us in the sports field, but there are a lot of very talented people at home. And I want to see them gain more market share and become more competitive in the global marketplace instead of us being like, ah, shucksy, and we're tough to deal with, and it makes it difficult, and hmm. you're making it harder than it needs to be. That's, that's been a challenge for us right now. All right, I think we know what you're saying there. Kevin Weeks joining us right now for Canadian Power Pack. Kevin, Stuart Skinner came in last night, was tremendous early. Yes, I was. get the sense sometimes, and, and Skinner's still an unknown, and Mike Smith is very close to a return at this stage, okay? Let's establish that. But I get the sense with Koskinen that, you know, do you just sense sometimes, like you're, you played the position. Does, does a, a, a goalie know when maybe the team doesn't or maybe the coach doesn't have belief in him? Or conversely, do you think the players pick up, can they read that off a goaltender? Give us both ends of that equation if you could. Yeah, no question. I mean, you know when you're going well. And the fans can feel that you're going well. You know, your teammates can feel that you're going well. The coaches can feel that. The building, the energy, and more importantly, you feel that because you know that next shot, next save, and you're over 90% proficiency to be able to make that save. Like, that's, that's almost impossible to do for as good as the shooters are in any era, especially now. I think the opposite is also true. And what's weird about that, and, you know, for any of the listeners, having played against, you know, the majority of the, the best goalies in the history of the league and played with some of them, even them from time to time, they can kind of second-guess themselves sometimes. You know, I've had conversations with Marty, the great Marty Brodeur, winning us goalie of all time when it wasn't going well for him. I had those conversations with Hendrik Lundqvist, whose jersey's going to be raised to the Raptors there in, uh, in New York on January 28th, who's a Hall of Famer. Roberto Luongo, soon to be also a Hall of Famer. These guys, when their game wasn't going well, and they expect so much of themselves, you know, to be great and to be able to deliver for their teammates. So I think that it's definitely, it's definitely tangible. You can really feel it when that's the case. But that's why I always believe it helps when you have two goalies at any level that you have confidence in. Um, there's so many unpredictable things in sports, and especially in our sport. And any time, you know, if one's not playing, the other one that you put in there can go in there and give you a chance and can win or can steal some games. I think you're cooking with gas. All right, final uh, one for you. You said you're working the Ducks game. Dallas Akins, how much of a surprise is this team this year? Dally's done an awesome job. They've been a real huge surprise, and I think even for the people in Edmonton that would have seen him as a younger coach and a younger NHL head coach, he's told me numerous times, we, we weren't able to speak physically in person today based on the protocols and stuff, but this is about my fourth time out here in the last two weeks, if I'm not mistaken, and we've talked about it. And he said, he's like, Weeksy, you know what? I, I learned so much. I learned how much I, I didn't know, and I learned how much I needed to know. And my two stints in the American League from a coaching standpoint, obviously with the Marlies in the AHL there in Toronto, but then here in San Diego with the Gulls in the AHL, Anaheim's team, he said, I just learned so much, and I realized that I wasn't as close as I thought, and I needed veteran assistance, Jeff Ward and Newell Brown specifically this year. Stop. I've done an amazing job with him and with their group in helping Dally emerge as a coach. 
And if you look at their uh, their special teams, power play, their special teams, power play specifically, <laughs> like it was absolutely and that it was a power kill last year. That's what we joke around and call it. I used to joke around when our power play started the power kill. Um, but their special teams, power play, penalty kill is a lot better. Their five on five game has really improved. The commitment to uh, to defend really well. And I got to tell you, there's a guy by the name of Ryan Getzlaff that you know out there very well. Yeah. His brother, you know, being in the CFL and being a Grey Cup champ, and Ryan being a Stanley Cup champ and having played with the Hitmen in the dub. Uh, one thing about Getzy, Getzy's done a good job this past offseason. He got himself in even better shape. He could have signed anywhere with any contender. And he wanted to make it work. He was excited about the kids. And he's done, I can't even tell you how amazing of a job as a leader. And he's almost been an extension of the coaching staff for Dallas, too, which has really helped. So uh, Dallas has really improved. And, you know, stuff like, like any of us, you're young in your career, and you think that you're there, and you might have a lot of the skills that are required to be there, but there's so much to learn especially at the National Hockey League level. Look at my man Paul Maurice in Winnipeg today. Yeah. You know, look at, if you watch Mo's Presser, he was the favorite NHL coach I played for, and I had several, like, you saw the accountability he had and yes. the, the level of respect and responsibility and and uh, just saying, hey, you know what, I, I've taken this, i pushed this rock as far up the hill as I can, and now it's, something, it's time for somebody else to do it. So, he and he's a seasoned coach. Remember, Paul came in at 26 or 27 in Hartford. Right. Like, I, I used to play against his teams in the OHL. He coached me in the CHL Top Prospects game in 93 or whatever it was, 94. So think about how long he's been at it to really learn his craft. And he came into the league as, I think at that time, the youngest NHL head coach in, in his mid-20s. So We're never done growing, Kevin. That's the deal. Hey, look, we appreciate you fitting us in. Have a great show tonight. and uh, Anytime, buddy. Hopefully I'll have one tomorrow in Seattle. We'll see. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody back in Berta, too. There you go. That is Kevin Weeks from uh, the NHL Network and ESPN. 152. We're going to uh, marry the breaks in this segment. We'll go right into this day in Oilers history. It is presented by New West Travel. Looking for a great Oilers road trip? Fly nonstop to Nashville with Flair Airlines to watch the Oilers play for only $1,750. Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. We're going to go back to 2009. Wasn't a great night for the Oilers. Decent night, though, for Bobby Nielsen. Yeah, he scored two power play goals and a 6-3 loss to the Nashville Predators at Rexall Place. Lubomir Vishnovsky had a goal and an assist. Jeff Delorier was in goal for all six against. Jeff, it was because of those orange pads. <laughs> we used to fight over. the. There was a study done on Marc-Andre Fleury's pads, and they told him to switch from the yellow pads because he had the same pads as the Penguins colors to white pads. Uh, and... It was a pretty interesting conversation. Uh, this day in order's history brought to you by New West Travel. Too easy to pick up the the, the puck uh, was the theory back in the day. Uh, New West Travel. They got the roadie to fly uh, to Nashville nonstop with Flair Airlines to see the orders play for $1,750. Call New West Travel or go on, uh, online at newwesttravel.com. Special thanks today to all of you who took time to text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Wide... Uh, range of opinions out there on Kyler Yamamoto and on the current situation with the uh, variant. We will tell you that hopefully uh, tonight, well, Reed Wilkins will have Inside Sports tonight from 6 to 8 p.m. Brendan, do you know what he's got shaken at this time yet? 
Yeah, they're going to get more on that uh, Paul Maurice story out of Winnipeg from uh, Christian O'Mel from uh, CJOB. And we'll hear from former tournament director in the Viking Cup as well, Leroy Johnson. Dave Campbell going to talk some Elks. I think Leroy Johnson wrote a book about that tournament, if I'm not mistaken. So there you go. Tomorrow. Theoretically, the Oilers and the Kraken live from Climate Pledge Arena, 6.30 face-off show, 8 p.m. puck drop with Cam Moon. Myself, Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, Jack and Louie will be your callers on the TV side with Gene Principe. Up next, a global news, weather, and traffic update with Kevin Robertson, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3. And then, it's the birthday girl. Jalen Nice, she shares a birthday with Ken Hitchcock. Hitch turned 70 today. Hitch doesn't look a day over 69. I'm not even going to guess on Jalen, but she's going to be rolling at most 6.30 chat afternoons today from 3 to 6. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.